You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. Is your bathroom looking old and worn out? Want to update it, but you don't know where to start? Then let BCI Bath & Shower show you how to turn that old bath into an aisle of beauty and functionality. Our residential bathroom solutions provide the best value on the market, and our customer service is second to none. Our cost-effective BCI Bath & Shower family of products has what you need. Remodeling our bathroom was a big decision for us. They didn't make a mess out of our house at all. And at the end of the day, we had a beautiful new bathroom. And it was a great experience the whole way through. We have the best monthly payment programs in the industry, with payments as low as $68 per month, or no interest, no payments for 18 months. That's right. Get the bathroom of your dreams now and pay for it in 2021. Call 1-800-694-7153 for a no-obligation price quote. That's 1-800-694-7153. When you want quality bathroom products at a great price, it's got to be BCI Bath & Shower. Call 1-800-694-7153. Welcome into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. Once again, this hour, it's hour two of our three hours of Into Tomorrow for the weekend of February 19th, 2021. I may not sound like it, but I am Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. I never sound like it. Yeah, And you, because you can participate on the show with us. So if you want me, you, yeah, if you want to call in, you can ask yourself a question. You can uh, share some uh, some tech rage. I know you've got plenty of tech rage because yeah. I usually hear you from the other end of the office. Not these days. I <laughs> yeah. don't have the voice. I'm not supposed to be talking. Yeah. Well, then don't talk. Okay. So we'll let our listeners talk. So let us know. Uh, maybe you got something uh, for for Christmas this past year that you still don't know how to use. Let us help you. Or if you want to share some of your rage about it, let us know what what you didn't like. Um, call us anytime, 24-7, 800-899-INTO. It's 800-899-4686. Or use the free Into Tomorrow app. Ed in Wilmington, Delaware, listens on Delaware's news radio, WDEL. Hello, Ed. Welcome Into Tomorrow. I'm a 74-year-old retiree, and I'm not real tech person. I'd like to know the difference between a smart TV and the normal TV I have before I buy one. That is a very good question, Ed, and I'm glad that you asked it. A smart TV is a TV that has built-in access to some Internet services, basically. The most prominent, of course, are Netflix. Many have Hulu. Almost all have YouTube. But the list varies a lot with many TVs, including services like Pandora or Spotify, and others, including a full Roku stick, if you will, which allows users to download new services as you may need them. Yeah, and the reality of smart TVs, though, is that 99% of the time you won't use the smart features. And instead, you'll get a third-party, much better streaming stick or a set-top box uh, instead. Now, smart TVs with proprietary software are usually clunky and rarely updated, so don't pay too much attention at the smart features. Odds are that you'll want to upgrade for something more usable anyway. Yeah, very true. Every TV that I have, as I'm thinking about it, and all the ones we have around the studios are smart TVs. But yet we don't use them for those functions. I do sometimes in my bedroom and in the living room one. Yeah, I'll go to Netflix. I'll go to 
to Prime using Chris's account, uh, or is it Fausto's? I don't know. Uh, but I just refuse to play to pay Jeff Bozo for anything. Um, but I've, I'll do those occasionally. But most of the time, it's on my satellite or cable because those, that's the main source for my various tv stations that i want to watch yeah and all the tvs at my house are all the old-fashioned dumb tvs but i've made them smart by adding one of these i have an amazon fire stick in each mm-hmm. one and if you're looking at different tvs you know side by side and the smart tv is like you know two three hundred dollars more than the non-smart tv and otherwise it's the same features i would recommend going for the less expensive one and getting like a fire stick or a roku stick because yeah. that or then a makes chromecast it even you can do so many things with it right, because that then makes it a smart tv yeah very true so ed there's your best advice in the long run if you're looking at a new TV, if it's about the same or a few bucks more to go smart TV for the same size and features that you like otherwise, uh, maybe then go for the smart TV because you'll be sort of, um, you know, we have a, a not so smart laptop that's making all that racket, but, but your smart TV will kind of future-proof you, if you will. Now, if you don't have internet access at home, if you don't have a good Wi-Fi network, or a decent amount of bandwidth, in other words, of a fast enough connection. And you don't need a lot. You know, they're saying even five or six meg is enough to yeah. do some simple streaming. Five megabits per second for, for HD streaming yeah. and, you know, like 10, 10 to 15 if you're doing 4K. Yeah. But if you don't want to or don't need to do any of that or don't even have Wi-Fi at home, well, then don't buy a smart TV, especially if it's a lot more money. Because you can't hook up anything to it except maybe cast from your phone. But even that, you'd need Wi-Fi. So let us know, Ed, because we want to help you further and help others listening that may have a, a similar question, if you will. John in Fairbanks, Alaska. Welcome into tomorrow. wondered what you would have for a recommendation for a smartphone for someone that has low vision problems and trouble focusing. It takes a while to focus, and sometimes the vision's on the screens go too fast well ever since the rona you and i have had trouble focusing but that's a whole other problem i think in general but john the options are really android or iphone Uh, there are no truly good smartphones that are marketed uh, as you for users with low vision basically Uh, the good news is that both ios and android come with built-in accessibility features that are likely to help you out very much. Some won't be of much help at all to you. For example, the ability to detect fire alarms uh, or crying children and alert you. But if you need a screen reader, higher contrast, a larger font, different colors, or perhaps the ability to hear specific text read to you, those are all part of the operating systems for both Android and iPhones. Yeah, now normally we would tell you to stop by a store and ask an employee to show you, uh, since the best way to judge this is to see how they help you in particular. But since it's 2020, that may not be a very appealing option. Um, you can still get a preview on Apple and Android's websites to see what they offer. Yeah, but if you practice safe distancing, wear your mask, do that sort of thing, most of these stores are now open around the country. And you can still go in and say, I want you to show me those features. You know, if you go in, and in that case, you want to go to, you know, like a T-Mobile or Verizon or AT&T store, and whatever your carrier is, because you want to make sure that it's a phone that will work on your carrier, and ask them to show you those features. And if it's like, okay, that would be very helpful, you know, that the increased font and colors and things of that nature... That makes a big difference. Well, then you'll know a whole lot easier. And if you know others with with impaired vision as well, just ask around. Ask what other people with that same condition are using and see what works well for them. Yep. And let us know, John, what you end up with because it will help 
other listeners. Uh, Sue in Kingsville, Ontario, listens on AM 800 CKLW. Hello, Sue. Uh, Just in the market to purchase a new computer, besides memory, are there any other things I need to consider when purchasing? Good question, Sue. Modern computers are largely capable of what most basic users put them through. But you can have a look at the type of storage. Solid-state drives, as we talked earlier this hour, will be a lot faster than hard drives. You may need less storage than you think these days, since more and more things just live online or in the clouds. Have a look at the size of the battery if you want to mostly stay unplugged. Yeah, if it matters to you, screen resolution can vary quite a bit, as can battery life. And you may want to decide whether having a touchscreen is important to you, since not all computers offer that. And it's funny, I was thinking, you know, for years and years, we were telling everybody, when you're getting a computer, go for the the max amount of memory and the max amount of hard drive space that you can afford. But that's all changing, because as you mentioned, more and more things are in the cloud, so you don't need the kind of hard drive space that we needed in the past. And frankly, that's why a lot of people are going to Chromebooks or those sorts of things, because it's all stored online anyway. You just need Internet access and you're good to go. But certainly a little more memory is always a good thing, especially if you're going to put it through its paces and have a a series of different functions that you like to do or, you know, doing a lot of word processing. Or if you do editing or, you know, video editing, especially, you're going to need a little bit more memory and certainly a little more space on the machine itself. But, Sue, let us know what you end up buying because, again, it will help other listeners and it will help us to know if some of the advice we gave you did pay off for you in the long run. That's important. And of course, if you've got tips for Sue or any of our other listeners, we want to hear from you. Perhaps you can add to our answers anytime, 24-7, 800-899-INTO, or even gooder, use the free Into Tomorrow app. Steve in Lakeshore, Ontario, listens to the free, mind you, Into Tomorrow podcast. You can subscribe at intotomorrow.com, by the way, and subscribes to our free once-a-week tech newsletter. You can as well at intotomorrow.com. And, my gosh, to top it all off, calling in using the free Into Tomorrow app. We love you, Steve. Welcome. Hi, Chris, Dave, and Cameron. Uh, Congratulations on the continuously successful show you have, and I wish you many more years to come. Dave. Please hang in there until Cameron takes over, as it sounds like that's not too far away. (laughs) I wonder if you could comment on the best method to keep remote offices' documents in sync. Personally, I am thinking about Dropbox, OneDrive, or our QNAP cloud-capable drive. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this, and if I am so lucky as to get a prize, I would love a Bondell toilet seat or possibly a guitar. Heck, I'd be happy with anything you guys would like to share. Have a great one. What a very upbeat listener yeah, and I think, caller. I, I love it, Steve. Yeah, I think we have an old iPhone 6 in the prize closet. Maybe we can. He'd be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it doesn't have a case on it, but that's okay. He'd be happy with yeah. it. Uh, why don't we send him an old Palm Pilot? There you go. No. Okay. Would, wouldn't do that to Steve. However, the all those Brondell goodies and stuff, they've gone since early on during the summer into the fall giveaway, which is now over. But we have other good stuff, so stay tuned, and we're going to make sure Steve gets something fun. Because he's so upbeat. Yeah. And and I agree with you, Steve. I'll do my best to hang in there until Cameron can take over. It's going to be a while, though. I don't know if we've got to get past these child labor laws. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but he, he's in, in entertainment, so children can be in entertainment. And it's only three hours a week of work, so I'm sure we could work it well, out. It's a three-hour show. It's not really three hours of work a week. 
Well, it's a full-time job. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> if it were only three hours, boy, I wouldn't worry about retiring one day. But, Steve, the best method will depend on what office software you use, to get back to your question. But it usually boils down to use the cloud that's most compatible with the software that you're using. Microsoft, Google, and Apple all offer built-in cloud storage for their various office applications. If you want to avoid them or double up, you can look into options like Box and Dropbox. Yeah, now these days you'll find that for the most part, collaboration and syncing are built into the product already, and you just need to save and pretty much forget about it. Keeping a local copy is probably a good idea, but there's no need to open up your network to the world to be able to access a network drive when you can just access someone else's cloud and let them worry about the vulnerabilities and security. Yeah, exactly, because so far, for the most part, so good with the various cloud storage services. You don't generally hear too many problems about somebody hacking into their cloud and getting your information. And and while things can happen, it's very rare. So that should be not a, a major concern for you. Yeah, and anything you're storing on the cloud, especially if you're going to have any kind of personal information on there, if they have two-factor authentication, we've talked about it before, use that because that also makes it even harder for somebody to access that that information nefariously. Yeah. So, Steve, again, let us know what you end up with. Thank you so much for the call, especially using the app and so forth, and we appreciate it by all means. Join us at intotomorrow.com, won't you? Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Into Tomorrow continues. Here's another little fun tech fact for you. In 2009, Stephen Hawking held a reception for time travelers, but didn't publicize it until afterwards. This way, only those who could time travel would be able to attend. Nobody attended. (laughs) (laughs) So, sorry, Stephen Hawking, that didn't quite work out the way you might have anticipated. We have a lot of reasons to be anxious these days, and that's especially true for children. A group in the U.K. have a therapeutic app that can help kids deal with anxiety. With this week's Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute, here's Alfred Poor. Thanks, Dave. Children are often anxious, and the COVID-19 pandemic has only given them more reasons to worry. According to the CDC, one out of every 14 children between 3 and 17 have been diagnosed with anxiety. 
In the United Kingdom, a new mobile game has received approval as a treatment for pediatric anxiety for kids aged 7 to 12. The app uses immersive stories in a graduated series of exposure to unsettling conditions. The program helps children build lifelong skills that help them cope with their worries. A study of 90 students demonstrated that the program helped reduce symptoms across all measures of anxiety. And the more that they played the game, the greater the gains were. Digital therapeutics such as this app are playing an increasing role in mental health and other treatments, providing an effective alternative to medication and other therapies. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Alfred Poor. Back to you, Dave. Hey, thanks, Alfred. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by StreamGuys.com, providing the 24-7 stream of Into Tomorrow at our website at intotomorrow.com. LC in Atlanta, Georgia, listens on AM 920, The Answer. Welcome Into Tomorrow. I want to ask about the new Apple processor compared with the Intel processor and whether we should be looking toward moving to the new Apple processor if we're going to purchase a new MacBook or sticking with the Intel processor. Grateful for your insight. Well, Elsie, it's our pleasure. I hope we can help. If you already have a MacBook, there's no rush to move. Uh, The majority of Apple computers still run Intel processors, such as they are, and they'll be supported for a long while. Now, if you're buying now, then yes, go for Apple's processor over any stock of machines with Intel processors still floating around. You'll get better battery life, a chip made for what Apple has in mind for the future, better native support for mobile apps on desktops, for example, and your guaranteed support from Apple for a long while. Now, keep in mind that MacBooks are premium computers, and like most other premium computers, they last a long time. You might as well future-proof as much as you can in terms of ensuring compatibility with new features and later iterations of the operating system. If you're a more technical user, read up on the software you use. We're not aware of any programs not working, but some involved ones like Docker require workarounds right now. For example, Docker is a special case since it's virtualization software, and it'll be patched to support the new chips. But it's probably a good idea to check whatever software you rely on, especially if it's more closely tied into the hardware, like virtualization software is. Yeah, now, while we've said that, since that hasn't been a very widespread issue, yeah, go for the new technology over the old one if you're buying now. If you're on an Intel MacBook now, there's really no rush to move to Apple's M1 chip. Your computer will continue to work just fine. Tommy in Guntown, Mississippi. Love it. Welcome into tomorrow. He listens on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Tommy. Hey, Dave. I was just wondering about the VR technology. What? Where do you think it will be in, say, five years or even ten years from now? I think it's just wonderful, and I can't wait to see it advance. And just wanting your opinion. Well, okay, Tommy, we'll gladly give you our opinion, as we do anyway, frequently. It's hard to say. At the moment, VR is pretty much hindered by the lack of movement it affords the user, by the battery life as well, and by the fact that the user is isolated. That last part may change by virtue of improving networks that may allow users to be virtually together, but the other two still are a problem. At the moment, games require you to stand relatively immobile and clumsily try to manipulate things in a largely static world. The most obvious improvement would be some kind of feedback when the user interacts with a virtual object, but that does also depend on what we can achieve 
with batteries. Yeah, the biggest problem VR has at the moment is that users think it's neat, but lose interest quickly even after spending hundreds of dollars on specific hardware. While the movement tracking seems ready, and in some cases it's truly impressive, games are painfully dumbed down to work within the limitations of the technology that puts your head and hands into a virtual environment, but not the rest of your body. Yeah, sorry, Tommy, but hang in there. We'll keep you updated. Here's Ruth in Westland, Michigan. Welcome into Tomorrow, Ruth. I have a solution for those people watching YouTube, and when they put it into full screen, it won't stay full screen. I changed from my Microsoft Edge browser to Firefox web browser, and everything's fine now as long as I use the Firefox browser to watch videos. Good luck, everybody. I hope you have the same results I did. Well, thank you, Ruth. That's, we always love listeners helping other listeners. And ironically, we've heard from listeners that have done quite the opposite. They've gone from Firefox or a different browser to Chrome, and it worked better for them. So it really depends on your computer as well as the browser and maybe plugins that you might have and stuff like that. Yeah, I've learned over the years certain browsers work better for certain things. So I've learned yeah. which websites to visit on which browser if I get to, to get the best experience. It's a shame because while Chrome, we think, is the best overall – there are still reasons to go otherwise. We got a tweet from Star Fortress, who then, in reply to my tweet and retweet and so forth, said he was going to call in, but he didn't. So what was his tweet? Four printers in the house, and every one of them is an epic struggle against the forces of evil to get them to do anything. Any ideas for a good printer under $100? I have a brother HL2140, two Canon MX922s, and a Canon TS6220 already. Wow. Well, if all you want the scanner and not the printing feature, there are a few scanners that are built to just scan documents in bulk. So have a look at the Xerox Documate series for several of them. There are also scanners that are meant specifically for the higher resolutions you're after. For example, the Epson Perfection V600 and several others that we are going to list because we're flat out of time this week right now, this hour, into tomorrow.com and it's all there for you. Finding the right experts to help you grow your business is always a challenge. Chameleon Collective is a hybrid marketing service and consulting firm that is hyper-focused on growing businesses. From digital marketing to optimizing your sales efforts, our experts drive results. Our work and track history, ranging from innovative startups to Fortune 500 companies, speaks for itself. Learn more by visiting chameleoncollective.com or call us at 1-800-914-0245 today. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline in our 25th year on the air covering consumer tech, the latest in products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of cool tech available today and into tomorrow. And of course, we thank you for joining us, but thank you in advance for calling in and participating on the program. You can do that anytime at your convenience, 24-7. If you've got a consumer tech question, if you've got uh, maybe help, additional help for one of our listeners, you'd like to add to our answer or debate our answer, whatever the case, that's fine. We want to 
hear from you. And the best way is to use the free Into Tomorrow app and the audio option on the app. Or the old-fashioned way still works. It's toll-free from anywhere in North America, 800-899-INTO, 800-899-4686. Our next guest is with a leading provider of virtual science labs to over 3 million students all around the world. Pretty fascinating stuff. The founder and CEO of a company called Labster is Michael Jensen. Michael, welcome into tomorrow. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Hi, Dave. Uh, Doing great. Thanks so much. And, uh, yeah, it's great to be here today. Well, we're happy to have you because what you guys are doing is really fascinating. And, of course, like a lot of online and virtual classes uh, since the pandemic, you've been able to grow, which is fortunate. But what you're doing is is very unique, I think, and and certainly very different in terms of helping uh, 3 million students around the world with science. Since we cover technology and science and that sort of thing, it certainly drew our attention. And I want to remind our radio audience. Have no fear if you hear us referring to videos and showing you things. Keep your eyes on the road if you're driving, but visit us at intotomorrow.com and see the video where Michael is showing us some of this. Tell me first a little bit about Labster, and then let's get into exactly what you guys are doing. Yeah, perfect. So I think that the simplest analogy I can give is essentially a flight simulator uh, for teaching pilots or training pilots, except we are training the next generation of scientists in the wonders of science. And so we essentially created a fully immersive 3D interactive laboratory that not only allows the students to experiment with science in unlimited open-ended ways, but even also allow the students to go on field trips uh, out into the field to gather samples and, and do real research and apply their knowledge and science to real world cases. And in fact, we can even take the students to Mars, to other planets, to learn about physics on the moon, for instance. And we can do really incredible, exciting things once we really take the world of gamification and gamified learning uh, into the science education. In fact, I love the fact that you talk about the laboratory, uh, because you're, for example, right now, uh, Zoom videoing with us from Zurich, Switzerland. So clearly, it doesn't matter where on the planet you are, you can still be involved in science and virtually any place in, on the planet or in the universe for that matter. Yeah, correct. And in fact, we are now helping students all over the world. Our primary market has always been uh, in North America and U.S. specifically and uh, worked for, for now more than eight years to create these incredible uh, learning experiences, really for teachers and students. Um, but here during the pandemic, we really saw a massive uh, boost uh, in demand, of course, around the world. As, as COVID hit, uh, there was a, a huge spike in, in the need for this type of solution that allowed the teachers to move their education, their science education fully online. Uh, so it's something we've always, always been doing for many years, especially in, in hybrid formats where students would prepare at home anywhere, uh, just as homework before they go into the real physical labs. And so you can imagine uh, students uh, receiving an assignment, uh, a homework assignment, where the mission is to uh, play a game, where they have to go to Mars, to another planet, gather samples and go into the lab and rehearse to prepare for the next uh, in-classroom or in-lab uh, exercise and workshops. So, uh, so yeah, so we're really excited about this technology and, and was actually helping uh, yeah, st- teachers and students around the world already pre-COVID, but now during COVID have seen uh, up towards a 20x uh, increase in the uh, use uh, which is uh, quite mind-boggling. I'm happy our servers didn't go down. We were, oh my gosh, uh, yes. We were, a lot of, 
uh, pressure at some point, especially in, uh, during back to school. Uh, but we managed and, and uh, are really happy and proud how we've been able to, to help you now millions of students around the, the world really continue their education here, even during COVID, they can continue it. And in many cases, actually, this has been a way for, for teachers and students to experience and, and open up the, um, their eyes to new ways of teaching, to use technology in the classroom in new ways, whereas previously you would uh, typically uh, maybe not be as encouraged to try out new things because you had a, a very good uh, kind of standard way of teaching uh, science. But COVID forced, of course, many, many teachers to now really look around for what are the alternative solutions out there. And, and Labs3, we've been uh, out there really helping uh, as much as we possibly can during this important uh, time to, to support all the teachers and students. And just as importantly, it sounds like when we're finally back to a new normal, whatever that is, right, <laughs> that uh, uh, teachers will still be able to use Labster in their classrooms so that it's not uh, just a virtual from home kind of a thing with an assignment uh, and yet still have those options as well. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the, uh, if, we, if we can highlight some positive things of COVID is that it has forced certain types of innovations to take place. And uh, especially in ed tech and in education, we definitely see teachers uh, in unfortunate ways being forced to try out and to really suddenly throw everything up in the air and say, what can we do? How can we help the students continue their learning? Yeah. Um, but I, what we see more and more now is teachers as they try Labster and get the both the feedback and experience themselves, but also the feedback from the students and see how uh, the students are reacting to this new way of uh, using gamified education as part of their classroom learning is really an eye-opener for, for many teachers. So I'm really, really proud with, with the, um, that when COVID hit here earlier this year, that we'd made a decision to make Labster completely freely available for any school that was affected uh, by COVID-19 wow. uh, and essentially enabled uh, thousands uh, of, of teachers around the world, especially in North America, to take free training as well on how to teach uh, Science online. Uh, we had yeah, thousands of teachers join in in webinars. It was an incredible experience and uh, uh, really uh, sort of humbled by the opportunity we had to help so many teachers at that time. Uh, and now we're proud to see and, and also hear from the teachers how they have seen the benefits of Labster also post-COVID, that this is something that can actually help education, even outside of COVID, by using technology to improve the, uh, the way we teach students today. Kudos to you guys, and, and I, we thank you for your service in this sense as well, because I don't know how you can stay in business doing all the cool virtual classes that you can do, uh, but it's great that Labster is, is able to do that and, and, and allow students and teachers to have the same impact. Can you show us a, another video, perhaps, from from your yeah. perspective uh, of the kinds of things, maybe take us virtually somewhere and, and show us a, to, uh, for a couple of minutes here. Yeah, I would love to show you here a video um, where uh, we essentially um, show, uh, this is a short little uh, demo demonstration of the many things you can do when you start virtualizing uh, science education. But really, I want to say that it's only your imagination that sets the limits here. Wow. We can take the students out into the world and explore science in whole new ways that we couldn't even do in the physical labs today. So, of course, one of the really exciting things is that uh, we can give access for students to a fully equipped million 
dollar laboratory with open-ended, unlimited learning, all the equipment you can imagine. But not only that, as you can see in some of these clips here, we, we take the students into the equipment, inside the laboratory equipment, so that they not only understand how to use the equipment, but also what happens inside. What even happens inside a, a sample, for instance, when you do run a PCR uh, test, for instance, uh, as part of COVID here? What is actually going on inside the PCR machine? And how is the DNA replicating such that we can actually perform these important COVID tests? All of those things are things we cannot do in the physical lab, but in the virtual environment, we can really immerse the students in the educational experience here. Truly is fascinating. I mean, everything from various DNA things to microscopes and other things in the lab that one would expect to see and use uh, is all there, and and it just looks truly fascinating. I mean, this is well-produced. This is not, you know, uh, just a whiteboard that you put on video. This is really excellent stuff. (laughs) We work really hard on this also. Thank you so much, and I I will share this with the whole team. So we have more than 100 people uh, right now working incredibly hard every single day to create all these immersive, interactive experiences. And what I also think is important to highlight is that we we really work together with teachers, learning scientists, game designers, and, and scientists to bridge all these different fields of expertise to really think about how can we create the best possible experiences for the students to understand these otherwise very complex and hard to teach topics. And so it's it's really a perfect way also for the teachers to engage their students in the science topics, which is typically one of the harder things to do in science because you have limited budgets and, and may, may not be able to take the students on a field trip to Mars, for instance. It's <laughs> not that many teachers will get that opportunity. But here in, in the virtual world, we can actually do that. Uh, and so, so I'm really excited about the opportunities that we can provide uh, teachers. Uh, What we, for instance, also do is start to use the insights of how students are operating and navigating the laboratories. And then we give the teachers a full dashboard, an overview of how their students are performing and where the students are struggling the most, which is perfect for the teachers then in the follow-up lectures that they can go in and address either individually with individual students or as a kind of more broader lecture for the whole class, address the topics that are most challenging for the for the students in, in that specific class. Wow. And I can just imagine students going home uh, at the end of a, of a school day and, uh, and the parent says, hopefully, uh, so what did you do in school today? Oh, I went to Mars. I, what? You know, yeah, we could do that with Labster. So that's kind of cool, too, because it just continues to proliferate the, the good things that you and your team are working on uh, to help students globally be able to learn so much more. And what are the most popular uh, subjects that you find that, that people are clamoring for, whether it's students or teachers saying, we want more of this? What would this be? So, so, so typically it's any, any area or topic that is either too dangerous or too time-consuming or too expensive to teach in the physical labs. So if we can suddenly give the teachers the opportunity to provide their students with these uh, open-ended experiences, those are typically some of the very popular uh, experiences. Um, but what we also see is things such as lab safety, for instance, or chemistry safety, where you actually you want to create, you want to simulate what actually happens if there is an accident in a laboratory oh. and how do you as a student react very fast and in the best possible way to that. Those things you don't want to simulate in a real physical lab. No. Only in, you know, very limited. <laughs> yeah, what you do in school today, we, we burn the school down. I mean, no, that's not the yeah. good thing. 
But, but you want to prepare the students for those scenarios. And what, that's actually things we can do in these virtual environments. Wow. So those are incredibly popular and very important uh, types of scenarios. But then, as you said, if we can take the students to Mars to learn about certain new exciting topics, it can even also, in, what we actually did in, in ecology, is we invented an entire new planet that we, and we gave the students a spaceship that they could travel to Estacus 5, this new planet we created, where they could learn about ecology in whole new ways with different types of animal species, which actually was proven in research to help students understand concepts more deeply and then apply that understanding to uh, animals here on Earth. And those types of uh, learning science research and innovations are also things that I'm, I'm really proud of our team creating and building into these learning simulations. So it's so really high quality. In fact, I, I like to say that every simulation that we create, and we have hundreds of them here today, is, is really a, a little masterpiece in itself that has so many hours of great work and, and innovation has gone into, yeah. uh, into those. And as well, you should be proud, by all means. I wish we had more time to see more and to learn and hear more. We just have to get you back on the show again soon, because there is so much more to cover. <laughs> oh, we'd yes. love to have you. Michael Jensen is the founder and CEO of Labster, L-A-B-S-T-E-R, like lobster, only lab and of course and dot com yeah. Yeah, and dot com exactly and of course we'll get you to his site like we do with all of our guests when you visit us at intotomorrow.com michael thanks so much for coming on and spending a few minutes with us and please keep up the good work on behalf of students and teachers around the world thank you dave it was an honor to be here thanks so much our pleasure michael jensen with labster.com i'm dave graveline we continue bringing you further into tomorrow stay tuned right here on the advanced media network Now you can make your home look great and save money. Right now, when you call Renewal by Anderson, you can buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, you get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Upgrade your home. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty are even included. And the Renewal by Anderson certified retailers take every safety precaution to protect you and your family. Hey, for 25 years... People have trusted Renewal by Anderson for their window replacement needs, and you can too. So call right now. Don't wait. Learn how to get your free window when you buy four. 800-296-1440. 800-296-1440. Again, that's 800-296-1440. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details. And into tomorrow, fun tech fact for you. The original Xbox home screen contained edited snippets of actual transmissions from the Apollo missions. That's pretty cool and a nice salute to the Apollo missions. Larry in Metamora, Michigan, listens on AM 800 CKLW. Hello, Larry. Curious about how you get on an Android phone the Google Assistant from suddenly appearing when you haven't asked for the Google Assistant and starts asking you, can I help you? And a second uh, point is on Facebook. 
how you stop the videos that automatically start playing. I want to look at what people post. I don't want to look at or listen to or watch a video. Well, I don't blame you, Larry. Other than asking Google not to respond to any voice triggers, there's not a lot you can do right now. Google won't let you change the trigger word to something that doesn't include the word Google, and your phone will just react if it thinks it heard you call it. Yeah, in theory, as people use it more and the voice recognition gets better, there should be fewer false positives, but who knows? They may prefer to err on the side of answering too often than not enough. Now, we do have better news about Facebook, though. Uh, They're still an awful company, but uh, somehow somehow they managed to do one helpful thing, and they do allow you to disable autoplay for videos. Yeah, fortunately, thank God, right? To do that, you'll need to go to Setting and Privacy. Privacy, who says they don't have a sense of humor? (laughs) I like where they use the word privacy. Then click on Settings, select Video, and there should be a drop-down allowing you to set autoplay to off. Now, while you're in Settings, if you go into the Deactivation and Deletion, you can delete your account from there. Just a not-so-subtle suggestion for a better life. Yeah. How about for a life in general? I, I still say that, you know, the month I took off Facebook, you know, several months ago was probably the best lo- month of my life. But then you got back on it. Yeah. Well. You haven't gotten back onto Instagram, though. No. What's wrong with that? They, they're owned by the same I just, conglomerate. I just passed my, uh, my two-year <laughs> anti-Instagram anniversary. Ooh, wow. No wonder I have to manually show you things I post on Instagram. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you want to follow me, because Chris is antisocial, to heck with him, uh, you can do that at Dave Graveline on every platform. Everything from Twitter to Parler to Facebook to Instagram. And if you make reference to the show, I'll follow you back. Because you get all these, you know, false followers, then if they don't make reference to Into Tomorrow somehow, then it's like, yeah, I'm not following you back. And then they end up dropping anyway. Let's see what happens. Intotomorrow.com. Let's meet there, shall we? Now you can make your home look great and save money. Right now, when you call Renewal by Anderson, you can buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, you get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Upgrade your home. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty are even included. And the Renewal by Anderson certified retailers take every safety precaution to protect you and your family. Hey, for 25 years... People have trusted Renewal by Anderson for their window replacement needs, and you can too. So call right now. Don't wait. Learn how to get your free window when you buy four. 800-296-1440. 800-296-1440. Again, that's 800-296-1440. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. Mike in Belmont, Mississippi, listens on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Mike. I'm trying to find a good Bluetooth soundbar that I can put in my bedroom. What I'd really love to do is put it on my back wall, away from the TV, kind of behind the bed, to where I feel like I'm in a movie. If you guys can help me with that, that'd be awesome. 
That you want to be in a movie in your bed. Well, that's that's my that's my favorite part of having a fifty five inch uh, oh, yeah. TV right th- right at the foot of my bed. I feel like I'm sleeping in the movies. No, of course, I mean you've really literally immerse yourself, and I don't blame Mike at all. The size of both the space you have to work with and your wallet will determine what's best for you. If you're dealing with a small space and a relatively small budget, look into the Bose Solo Five. It's a compact but very capable soundbar that retails. For about 200 bucks. Yeah, Creative sells a small sound bar with a subwoofer called the Stage for under $100, too. Um, we haven't heard it do its work, but there's a good chance that it'll work better if you're planning to have it up close. Uh, if you go for that one, we'd suggest keeping your expectations low. Um, if you can afford to spend more, Sonor sells a sound bar called the ARC, A-R-C, that has gotten very good reviews and comes with Alexa as a bonus, um, if that's something you have any interest in. Yeah. Um, but it'll stretch your finances a little bit more at $800. Wow. So we've gone from $100 to $800, but lots in between. But certainly, hopefully, gave Mike some good advice about what to look for, what to possibly um, choose for his room. And I think that's great that you want to do what you want to do because, yeah, it's so much more immersive when you can have great sound with your great picture. Yeah, and what I've experienced with soundbars is you tend that's the kind of thing where you tend to get what, you, get what you pay for. So you want to stick to a well-known brand and, yeah, if you have the budget, get the best thing that your budget will allow because you'll you'll notice a difference. Yep, and, and you'll definitely get, in that sense, what you pay for. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go the $800 route, no. but maybe instead of the $100 one, go the $200 one because you'll be much happier. Check more out at intotomorrow.com.